Ladies and gentlemen, fans of the golden era of professional wrestling, welcome back to my favorite hour of the week. This is 80s Wrestling, the podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, Tommy Wildfire Fierro. Tommy, how's life in New Jersey this morning, brother? It's it's a little snowy right now, Jay. It's snowing as we speak uh, here in, in New Jersey, and, and I know... Uh, especially this time of year, the, the temperature must be super, super cold down there. Yeah, so in, in Minnesota, I'm guessing New Jersey and Minnesota have similar weather patterns from time to time. Today, it is 16 below zero here in the great state of wow. Minnesota. So it's a wee bit nippy out. Yeah, so we got to kind of bundle up and stay warm today. Almost too cold for snow, I would imagine. But you got snow in your neck of the woods. And uh, how much snow have you guys got this year? Quite a bit. Uh, no, nothing, nothing super crazy. Uh, last, last winter we got destroyed. I, I mean, I remember there was one storm we had like 31 inches or 32 inches of snow. So nothing crazy yet, but I mean, it's winter, man. What can we do? But I mean, we can't say anything compared to what you guys feel because I'm, I'm a big guy, man, but I'm a wimp. Like if I go outside and it's really cold, like I, I freeze. So I can't even imagine going outside in 16 below zero um, would you wear like a, a special like freaking jacket before the jacket kind of deal? Well, to, to be honest with you, I'm not a big jacket guy because the deal is like it's cold outside. But once you get in the car, the car is heated. Once you get into a building, it's heated. So I don't like to wear a jacket because it just kind of becomes a nuisance. But yeah, on days like today, you put on the jacket. Uh, you put on the jacket, you put on hats, you put on gloves just to walk down to the mailbox. It is cold for sure. But the good news is we got a hot topic. And you've had a very hot weekend in the world of 80s wrestling. You had a big ISPW event on Friday night. Uh, Fill me in, brother. How did your weekend in your world go? Uh, Awesome, man. Thank you so much for asking. We'll talk talk more about ISPW at the end end of the episode. I want to jump right into the topic soon. But definitely stick around if you guys are listening right now. At the end of uh, today's episode, we will give the results from uh, this past Friday's ISPW New Year's Revenge. The cool thing, Jay, ready for this? I'm ready. I have, you're going you're gonna to be excited for this, and hopefully so will the, uh, the listeners out there. We have the show uploaded on YouTube already. You can actually watch last Friday's show in its entirety live, not live, but in YouTube right now. So if you go to YouTube, you type in ISPW New Year's Revenge, and it'll pop right up. That's awesome. You know I'll be watching that. I got nothing else to do. It's freezing cold outside, so I'm going to grab a blanket and I'll watch the latest ISPW show and catch it uh, for myself. We got a hot topic today, Tommy. You had this brainstorm of an idea. Let's talk about enhancement talent because they're kind of the unsung heroes of the golden era of professional wrestling. We could talk for hours and hours about the Hogans, the Savages, the Rick Roods. But it's fun to take an hour and talk about the guys who really were those no-name wrestlers whose job it was to make our heroes appear bigger and larger than life. And so that's what we're talking about today. And I can tell it's a hot topic, Tommy, because on the the Wrestling Collector Slam line, we're already three deep on people who want to talk about old-school enhancement talent. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's going to be a fun episode, and and, and there's a lot. And, and, and like I said, guys that you know just you know came in and, and did their job, you know, putting over the the stars, which which made them stars. And I'll get into that in a moment. 
But there's also guys that are on the roster where their role was to play that part, like a Brooklyn Brawler, like a Lanny Poffo, like a SD Jones, like a Tiger Chung Lee. So we'll talk about you know that aspect of it being a regular on the roster doing that, and also when they you know did their TV tapings, they would bring in the local independent wrestlers in their area that wherever they're at, and, and a lot of times Jay, they they are they did you know, tape up this way in the Northeast. So a lot of, you know, independent guys from up this way uh, were used as regulars. And, and one of the guys, uh, which was probably one of the, the, the biggest enhancement stars of all time, Iron Mike Sharp, he had a school here in New Jersey, and uh, he trained a lot of guys. And a lot of those guys would do the TV tapings up here when they're in the area. One, one of the guys is, is my best friend uh, who wrestled and competed as Ace Darling, uh, on the independence on the East coast. And he wrestled as Mike Moraldo, his, his real name uh, for the WWF in 94, 95. And he was on there a lot. So if you, if you go back and watch the old superstars of wrestling tapings on uh, the WWE network and, 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 and go to that time era, you'll see him a lot on there. And, and they did with other guys too. Uh, Mike Bucci, who wrestled as Nova and ECW. He was one of the regular guys. Um, you know, Tony DeVito. I mean, you talk about guys that were used all the time. Tony DeVito, uh, Vito LaGrasso uh, as, as, uh, as, as his name. And, uh, and there was a lot of guys up here that, that competed doing those enhancement type work. And I'm really curious to see uh, who the listeners uh, enjoyed watching the most. So if you're listening right now, give us a call. It's area code 516-595-8295. Again, that's 516 516- Five nine five eight two nine five. Fun topic today, Jay, and let's kick it off, man. All right, we're gonna go from chilly Minnesota, snowy New Jersey, out to what I'm hoping is a very sunny and somewhat warm Chico, California. Brian the Brain, welcome back to the podcast, brother. Hey, good morning, guys. It was uh, in the sixties yesterday, and it's only it's about forty right now. So yeah, it's it's a world of difference over here. I would bad. I would. I would give my left arm for a little bit of 60 degrees and sunshine today, man. I don't think we'll even get above zero, but uh, we got a hot topic, Brian, enhancement talent. What's your take? Oh, I got tons for you. The, uh, basically, when I saw the topic this morning, I had about five seconds where I was like, well, what are we going to talk about? And then my mind just been going ever since. Uh, the uh, just some stuff to throw at you. Uh, Frankie Williams with Piper's Pit, probably my all-time favorite uh, interview with a uh, uh, enhancement talent job guy, jabroni jobber, uh, no name. You know, the uh, favorite match for me was uh, also involved Piper when he came back in 86. A.J. Petruzzi slapped him across his, the face. Piper stuck it is the last episode of championship wrestling before they switched to uh, superstars. So Piper stuck one hand in the back of his trunks and beat the crap out of him. And, uh, you know, basically at the very end, uh, uh, both his hands, uh, double axe handle to the face and, uh, and pinned him and then interrupted the flower shop with slick and his crew and, and, uh, kind of challenged Adrian Adonis. Um, I, I'll ask you guys, I've got a guy in mind, and I'll let you think about him a few seconds, but who do you think the biggest enhancement talent uh, that started as a job guy got the most fame ever was from uh, back in 86, um, went by a slightly different name, and uh, was injured a couple times. I'll leave it at that and see if you guys can come up with something in a few seconds. Jack Foley. There you go. Right on it, Tommy. 
right on it. So, yeah, yeah, the killer bees with the uh, butt to the face and uh, Dynamite Kid with the uh, devastating clothesline. Uh, B. Brian, uh, they used a bee sting maneuver where he went, you know, jumped off of, uh, I want to say it was jumped off of uh, Jim Brazil's back while he was laying down on the canvas and butt first into Jack Foley's face and knocked his teeth in. And then, uh, and then da- uh, Dynamite Kid uh, basically uh, breaking his jaw so just shortly after that. So uh, great memory there. Um, biggest uh, match I saw in person or best match I saw in person was probably Paul Roma versus uh, Steve Lombardi uh, nine days before WrestleMania three, they put on a hell of a match. So uh, Paul Roma is a guy that uh, climbed out of those ranks. Same with Steve Lombardi. They didn't get as high as, uh, you know, they could have, but Paul Roma was a hell of a worker. Um, biggest disappointment jobber match I ever saw was, uh, uh, got excited because that uh, November 88 got to go see a Saturday night's main event taping and uh, ultimate warrior is going to face super ninja. And it's like, who the hell is this guy? This sounds exciting. Just a awful match. And it turned out it was rip Oliver <laughs> under the wig. Should have quizzed you on that. So that's another interesting one. And then guys that uh, had fame and kind of dove down. Another favorite is of course the moon dogs when they've, faced Hogan and Orndorff and Orndorff took him on basically by himself and beat him up the week before they uh, had the breakup with Bundy and Stud. Um, guys like you mentioned, uh, S.T. Jones, the nine-second match at uh, WrestleMania against uh, Bundy, but Poffo with his uh, gimmick of throwing out the Frisbees, saying the poem. Um, just so much good stuff. And then guys that uh, – Aside from the Moondogs being tag champs and then ended up jobbing, uh, do you remember Corporal Kirshner's original name before he became uh, Corporal Kirshner and eventually started jobbing the guys? I actually, you know what? You just stumped me, man. I don't. What, what was it? R.J. Reynolds. Ah, probably... now, I, now I remember. Right on. And then uh, other things, you know, they had jobber tag teams, Conquistadors, The Shadows. Um, like I say, the moon dogs were, uh, you had no idea they were tag champs. If you just started watching it, 85, 86 and, and that's what they ended up doing is just being basically, uh, one of the better teams and cooler gimmicks to, to start doing jobs to people. Absolutely, um, man. And my, my favorite, yeah. not to cut you off real quick, but my favorite moon dog memory, I was, I was a big moon dog fan. Uh, I, I love yeah. going back and watching some of their stuff. One of my favorite uh, memories of the moon dogs is when they wrestled against, Paul Kogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, which was a setup match for the, the big turn. Yeah, that's what I was just saying, is that uh, Orndorff took him on pretty much by himself and wouldn't let Hulk in the ring. Uh, and then, uh, you know, following week, because basically they had the whole phone call issue and he wanted to wrestle Bundy and Stud, and Orndorff says, no, no, we're going to wrestle the Moondogs first. And Hulk's all, yeah, yeah, great idea, brother. And, you know, heads up, he won't tag him into the match. And, and uh, beats, beats up on them. So, yeah, that, that's one of the things missing nowadays is uh, is they give everything for free, and it just makes stuff so less special. And so those uh, putting people over and over and over and just having, you know, one hour on Challenge, one hour on Superstars made it so much more impressive when you saw a Saturday Night's main event or a pay-per-view because you, maybe you'd get one good match a month on those shows uh, instead of uh, – every match, you know, in a trading victories back and forth between guys like they do now. So 
I know the business is different. It's not uh, based on selling house shows like it was back then, but uh, those enhancement guys were something else and uh, really made it fun to watch and, and fun to put guys over. So uh, I'll uh, see what other thoughts or questions you guys might have or try to stump me on something if you feel like it. Stump you. Can we stump Brian the Brain, Jay? You, get, you take a chance at this one, brother. Here's the thing about Brian is I can tell, like, one, he has just a fantastic base knowledge, but he also does research, I feel. And so I think stumping him could prove to be difficult. But I will uh, – I'll throw one out there. Ah, it, might, it might be too easy, but Brian, there is a guy who was notably a jobber but he had a very famous brother in the business that did quite well. And then he also has a nephew who is doing quite well in the business. Is that enough information to give you or do you need a little bit more? Shoot, I, I don't know. I know, uh, you know, all I can think of is, uh, you know, Lanny Poffo with the brother, but uh, don't believe he has a nephew. So, uh, yeah, lay it on me. Tommy, do you know where I'm going with this? I don't, actually. Okay, say, actually, uh, say it one more time. Say it one more time before you give the answer. Well, and then we're going to split hairs because you might tell me technically he wasn't a jobber, and, and we, could, we could discuss that. But this guy uh, is best known for his run in the WF, I would say, late 80s, like 85 to 90. Okay. His brother is a Hall of Famer in the world of wrestling uh, entertainment. Um, was involved in the early WrestleManias, and then he's got a very famous Barry uh, nephew. O. Yes, Barry Orton. Ah, very good. Yes. Perfect. You got perfect from Cowboy dude. Bob's you got, brother, Randy you Orton's uncle. From, you got to change it from Brian the Brain to Tommy the Brain. Yeah, that was a great one. That was He pulled that out, and I don't know how I forgot Barry O with his uh, the tights that he wore and the big O sign that he would give before the uh, the matches. Uh, yep, another that's what I remember, one was, the O sign. Yep, yeah, making the yeah. O with his arms. Another you guy know, was uh, Johnny K9. <laughs> he oh, had yeah. a funny uh, rusty, sign rusty, that he would give. And, rusty Brooks? Big, oh, Rusty Brooks. That's who I was searching for on the name earlier. He was on the opening to uh, one of the programs for a long time against uh, uh, Hulk Hogan, if I remember right. It was him. He just passed away, I think, last year, like a few months ago, if it's the same guy I'm thinking of. Was he a pretty ginormous uh Guy with the uh, blondish hair, if I remember right. Yes, sir. Yeah, you're absolutely yep, right. He yep. actually, uh, yeah, he he wrestled Hogan. I guess it was a title match back in the '80s, and then I think Randy Savage interfered. But yeah, I remember Rusty Brooks. Oh yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and like I said, probably the uh, you know the biggest guy that came in with uh, 50 vignettes and then ended up just jobbing out was. Uh, Outback Jack, that and having, uh, you know, probably 150 <laughs> matches against Frenchy Martin. So, yep, all good stuff. What a fun topic. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, Brian, thank you for calling in. It's always a joy to hear you, and, and thank you for sharing your knowledge with me. Keep listening. we got a couple other callers on hold. Maybe they'll bring up something that will stump us all. I'm sure they will. Barry Horowitz, there he goes, uh, another one. I don't know if you remembered him, but uh, the pat on the back was uh, classic. So you guys have a great Thursday, a great week, and uh, keep doing what you do. Thank you. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, Brian just brings a wealth of knowledge. I feel like he really gets excited about the topics, does a little bit of research, and he knows this stuff. So he's always a great oh, yeah. one to start the show off with, Tommy. Uh, we're going to keep the calls rolling as long as we got them on hold. We're going 
to the snowy New Jersey area, Danny from Butler. Welcome back to the podcast, Danny. Tommy, Jumping Jay, good morning. morning What's up, man? man? How are you? I, I'm great. I'm here full house. Both kids are not even an inch of, of snow on the floor, and they decide to uh, cancel school. You know, what a, this is what we talk about. What a soft uh, generation this is. Yeah, my daughter, my daughter had a, uh, a delayed opening, but yeah, I mean, I mean, down by down where we are up here, where, where the store is, it's a little bit more, but down by us is is a little bit better. But yeah, you're right, soft generation, man. I remember when we were kids, it'd be six inches of snow, we'd be going to school, you know. Yeah, like I said, it goes from a delayed opening. All of a sudden, I'm waiting in the parking lot. My wife calls me up. Oh, did you know school is closed? I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, hey, I'm, serious. Like, I'm telling you, these, these kids that we have going up, they're, they're all, they're doomed. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, enhancement talent in just one second. But uh, uh, Danny actually had a chance to meet the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, this past Friday night at the ISPW show now. Uh, Danny was was working. He was on duty, so he wasn't able to stay for the show. But he came just to meet the mouth of the South, so he did get the opportunity to meet him. Jay. Yeah, that, well, it was uh, that, like I said. That, I definitely had to get that. You know, I, I always wanted to meet him. I I, I wasn't able to meet him. Uh, I think when you had him was uh, back in October because I just had a busy weekend with my wife. Uh, uh, but like I said, I said, you talk about an ageless wonder. I mean, the guy doesn't age. He looks the same as he did. You know, back in '87, you know the same, you know the the same blazer jacket with the the music notes on them, the megaphone. I'm like, come on! I'm like, this guy. You talk about a a <laughs> tremendous personality, a a, a, a a even better person. You like, it's just so down to earth, so humble, and you know, like I say, it was just very accommodating. It was just a pleasure, man. I'm like, I was definitely uh, had to get his uh, his uh, autograph on my Intercontinental Championship belt. So. Like I said, it was definitely worthwhile sneaking out of work uh, to get to meet the Hall of Famer. Awesome, All right, let me, ask, let me ask you this, Danny. What is it like to hear that iconic voice of Jimmy Hart live and in person? I love you, Like I said, it, 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 it goes right back to, you know, like you're, you know, five, six, seven years old. You're watching us, his uh, infamous promos on uh, whether it be superstars of wrestling, whether it be at, uh, at a WrestleMania and you know, like I said the only thing with that was missing was the Honky Kong man. But like I said, Jimmy Hart, uh, that uh, it, it took the cake. I love it. I love it, man. All right, talk to me about enhancement talent. Who do you remember growing up as somebody as a no-name guy that you just remember seeing the superstars go up against? I mean, listen, you know, we could go on and on. Uh, the guy, you know, he the, the last call he ended up. Obviously, I think you know the most famous one had to be Barry Horowitz, the the slack, the, the you know with the back slap, uh, Iron Mike Sharp. Uh, we could go on and on. Uh, you know Paul Roma. You know at the beginning before he went into, you know obviously Paul Roma, Jim Powers, the Young Stallions as a as a enhancement talent tag team. Uh, Sam Houston. Um, uh, I can think of who else. Uh, uh, Cibiafi. I think oh, he yeah. was. A, he I think he was. He was definitely. I guess he was uh, probably um, molded a. Uh, to replace a Superfly in a way, um, I don't know if that ever panned out, but he definitely was uh, one of those enhancement talents that that could have gotten over. Um, Steve Gatorwolf, uh, uh, Scott McGee, you know, we could we could go on and on. Pez Watley, uh, like I said, it, uh, you know, Iron Mike Sharp, uh, Playboy Buddy Rose, you know, those guys. Like I said, and you know, the thing is, the the 
upper, you know, main event guys, they actually, they, they took care of these guys. You know, I read in uh, Tino Santana's book, you know, these guys would actually, like, you know, all put in t- together, they were all put in collections and give these guys, you know, nice, uh, you know, whether it be Christmas gifts, they'll give them cars, but, you know, they definitely try to take care of those guys that, you know, went out there and made them look good. Absolutely, you know, man. I'm glad you said that, Danny, because when you think about it, if you're a quote-unquote job or you're an enhancement talent, your job is to make these other guys look larger than life. And obviously they were very successful at what they did because we all knew on a Saturday morning who was going to win and who was going to lose. There was no, you know, they didn't have a chance of winning, but they went out there and they did their job. And so that's great to hear that the the well-known guys, respected that and, and reached out to them and helped take care of them. I love hearing that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, I think it's only right. Um, you know, that's one thing that, you know, I got, I know you guys always talk about is, you know, bringing back that aspect into today's business, you know, you know, where everything, you know, it, it, pretty much everything is free. You know, you're getting something week in and week out, you know, you would be lucky if you had one big match, uh, on TV tapings uh, every week, you know, uh, let alone whether it be a, a, a title match. So, you know, I think, like I said, if they were to bring that back, I think that would definitely get, you know, more attention from the fans, you know, get more interest to watching, you know, what, what's, you know, what's, let's, let's be honest, become a, a stale product. But, you know, like I said, with those guys, you know, the, that enhancement talent, they're pretty much, you know, the unsung heroes. Like, you know, you have a, a prize fighter, you know, he needs a, you know, when they train, you need to have guys go in there and spar, so uh, you know to keep a realistic training. So you know those guys definitely went out and they're a big part of that era. You know, let's let's be honest. You know, like how you know who how, who could ever forget? You know, the the one two three kid uh, beating uh, Razor Ramon. Absolutely, man. You're you're a hundred percent right, and it, and it's an art form that is. Really, really missing in, in, in today's product. And I, and I spoke about it in the past in the show. I'm going to talk about it today when, when I get off of you, uh, Danny, because I think it's important to mention again. But I just want to say thank you again for all your uh, support. Always calling in the podcast every week. You're one of my favorite guys to listen and talk to. And I look forward to hearing from you every week, my man. Yeah, well, like I said, you guys, uh, you know, keep up the good work. Uh, uh, Jumping Jay, you know, <laughs> you, well, I don't know how you, you know, manage a negative 16 degrees, you know, I mean, there's one thing, you know, there's cold winters down there, but I'm not talking about when it, when it you know, that's, you know, that's not, that's unhuman, you know, that's sub-zero temperatures. I don't know how you could uh, deal with that. I'm ho- I'm hoping that when you come down in May, uh, you get to enjoy a, a little bit of a uh, uh, decent spring weather, but like I said, you guys uh, keep up the good work and uh, looking forward to hear you guys uh, week in and week out. You guys uh, take care and, uh, you know, have a great weekend. You too, my man. All right, thanks, brother. Yeah, so, so Jay, I, I want to before we go to the next call, I want to take a couple of minutes and talk about something that that Danny just said and, and struck a chord in me with me, and and, I, and I've talked about it in the past here on, on the show. I, have, I definitely have, maybe more than once. But on today's episode specifically, I think it's really, really, really important to talk about what I think is a crucial, crucial part of what's missing in today's product is uh, the, the enhancement talent. And, and, and they are doing it. Don't get me wrong. WWE is, I've, I've noticed it last week. They, they did it with Omos. They put in uh, a young indie guy from up here in the New Jersey area. He's a friend of mine. His name is Nick Sanders. He wrestles as Leo Sparrow. 
he actually wrestled last week uh, on Monday Night Raw against Omos. Did a fantastic job. Uh, and it just put over how gigantic a, a monster that Omos was. And it, it was, I just think it's so, so missing in today's product. And I'm going to tell you why. Because there's no more direct competition for WWE. They're on Monday nights. They're unopposed. Friday nights, SmackDown, they're unopposed. AEW comes on after them. So it's not like, you know, it's a head-to-head segment, 15 segments a show. It was during Raw and Nitro back in the day where you just had to have that, you know, jaw-dropping, you know, nonstop entertainment between big-name talents because it's it's different now. It's not like that anymore. And the guys now are not even over enough to even uh, be in those positions. And I don't mean that in a, in a, in a, in a negative way. I'm just saying, like, there's not many um, – Super superstars were back in the Attitude Era. Everyone was a big star back then. Even, you know, Val Venus. There was a storyline for everyone back then. So what I'm saying is what they should do if they want to build up all these stars is they need to bring back the element of the enhancement talent where they go in the ring and they make these wrestlers look larger than life, like Leo Sparrow did last week with Omas on Raw. Or Nick Sanders, what he wrestled as, where, you know, if you want to see these big matches where two wrestlers fight each other, make them pay for it. Make them go to the arena to pay for it and watch it. Because let, let's face it, the, the ratings right now for WWE, they can't get any lower than what they are right now. Uh, they're at an all-time low compared to where they were even five years ago, never mind 10 or 15, 20 years ago. So, you're going to have that same audience watching every week, regardless of what you present them. That is your core audience. That's your core base. They're going to watch no matter what. So if they're going to watch no matter what, why don't you bring in more enhancement talent to make the stars you currently have on your roster larger than life? So when Drew McIntyre finally takes on the Miz, man, that means something. Holy crap. These guys are going to finally wrestle each other. You know, you, just, you don't need to throw two stars out there to wrestle each other right now when there's no competition. Use the enhancement talent to help elevate these guys and make everyone larger than life. So in a year from now or two years from now, all these guys are stars. A- am I rambling or, or is, is that, am I making sense? No, you're making sense. You're absolutely making sense. And I think one of the key things that you said is the people that are watching wrestling now – are going to watch no matter what. Because going back to the old formula of enhancement talent, like you indicated, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a year for it to really bring back the excitement and the eyes on the product. And so if you're willing to take that year and kind of start back at square one and try to get some interest built back into the product, I think what you're laying out is a very good way of doing that. Because one of the key things that's missing from when we watched wrestling is like you said, the two stars wouldn't touch each other until the big pay-per-view event. Yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, now everyone's just kind of trading wins and losses back and forth and you get to see it every week. But if you actually had to wait until a pay-per-view event or a big, they don't call them pay-per-views anymore. I don't think, I think they're switching their, their lingo, but if you had to wait for that big event to see these two guys collide, you'd be more invested in that matchup. You'd be willing to pay a little bit to see that matchup and you'd be tuned into that matchup where now 
you can just hang out and kind of watch it on a Monday night. You can kind of get an idea uh, of what's going on between those two guys. So I think you have yeah. a good plan, Tommy. Like you said, it would just take the time to pull it off. Yeah, it would definitely, it would definitely take time. No, there's no question about it. But here, here's, here's my thing. The last WWE pay-per-view, uh, the first one of this year, I actually, it was the first time I, I watched, and I only watched some of it. But it was the first pay-per-view I tuned in to watch in a while. So the first match of the night is the New Day against the Usos. Man, I've seen that match. No, I, 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 both, first of all, both teams are phenomenal. They're awesome. Great talent. Yeah. But I've seen that match. Every time I, every, it seems like every time I turn on Raw or SmackDown or a pay-per-view, whenever it is, because it's sporadically because I don't watch the product on a regular basis, I always feel like I see that match. Mm-hmm. So here, here, here's the thing, man. Like, can you, if you have three hours of time to kill on a Monday night, fill, not kill. You want to fill it. You don't want to kill it. Um, so you have three hours. You can bring back a talk show segment, like a brother love show. I mean, this is for a different topic, but, like, I'm th- stick with the topic we're on. So you have three hours to kill. Fill, remember, not kill. So why not – you remember we watched Monday Night um, – Superstars of Wrestling back in the day, in that one-hour time span, say 15 minutes of it was commercial. So in 45 minutes, they would feature, you know, five or six matches on, on that episode where, you know, they beat these enhancement talents in a minute or two. And in, during the match, a little box would pop up in the corner of the screen, and they'd be doing an interview talking about their upcoming feud with whoever it was going to be. Yep, so right yep. there, you have such an amazing opportunity to build talent and develop talent by doing it in that format so give me someone for example that's on the roster right now i'm trying to think of someone without at the top of my head um i'm just going to use any name for example I'll just say it's xavier woods so xavier woods you know they're trying to develop him more and he doesn't i'm using him as example obviously he's developed he's had a successful extremely successful run i'm just using his name as an example uh, you know, you feature him in a in a match, and he's you know heavily, you know, booked to to look dominant and win. And he does a little interview segment up in the corner of the screen, and that whole thing takes three minutes. You know, how many extra guys you can get on your show, and and that's that's a, a part of the problem is there's so many guys and not enough time. That, you know, you have so many op- more opportunities to add guys onto your show. And then, you know, during that match, you have that little box up in the in the corner, you know, helping develop their character and, and angles and storylines more. And it's just, you just, you'd be able to make, and it, again, it would take time. It, it, would, it would reprogram, you know, viewers how to, how to watch the product. But in six months or a year or two years from now, I mean, all these guys are going to be stars now because you're reprogramming all the viewers at home's brains to think in a different way. And then you have that one feature match at the end of the night. That's the main event. And then you make them pay. Make them go to the house shows to see these guys wrestle each other. You want to see, you know, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins go face-to-face? Man, you got to go buy a ticket for that, you know? So, I don't know. Just if, if I was put in charge of, of the product and, and, or asked how to make it better, uh, that's probably the first thing I would do is incorporate that element back into the product because I think that it would definitely, definitely help, definitely help it because it would make their – uh, stars into stars. Very well said, Tommy. You're obviously, uh, you, we all know you're passionate about the business and that you have a, uh, a brain for the booking side of the business. And I think you have a real good plan as to how to bring 
importance, how to bring uh, eyes back to the product so that people are invested. Because right now it's hard to get invested. I want to hear more about what you think, Tommy. But first, we're going to head down to Hotlanta. And we're going to talk to our good friend, Joe, about enhancement talent. Joe, welcome back to the podcast. We're talking Tommy's favorite subject, enhancement talent. Look, guys, if the WWE wants to make an impression on people, they need to make me, Joe from Atlanta, a jobber. They need to get me out there Friday night on SmackDown. <laughs> you already so are, brother. You and Tommy can throw on the TV and see Joe from Atlanta get beat. That's he right. weighs it at 177 pounds, Joe from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, man? The way, I, the way I view it is the last memorable wrestling, which isn't even my favorite, is the Attitude Era. I, it, my favorite is Federation. Attitude, which I look at as basically 20 years ago now. I look at it as there's a 20-year gap right now in the history books of wrestling where what was going on. Um, So the formula of the jobbers was uh, Lanny Popo genius, guys. It was was great because I'm not kidding. If I do what I do for my workouts and I start thinking back to what I liked as a kid for wrestling, sometimes I think of – I refer to them as bums. And it just makes, first of all, it just makes me laugh because I really can't remember watching as a kid, like you guys said already, you throw the TV on, and even as a kid, you know, all right, Ultimate Warrior is going to win this match. And it was great. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it is kind of baffling somehow how, like, uh, what we agree on is, like, how are the writers missing, like, obvious things to do to to even – make an attempt to uh, put a better product out there. I don't think any of us <laughs> have an idea. Um, but, yeah. Um, uh, let's, I'll, yeah, I, I enjoyed hearing the names because I'm not big on, like, remembering the jobber's names. But if we consider Lanny Popo a jobber, um, I've recently been, like, watching him speak on YouTube, and he's pretty good at dishing out some of um interesting stories for example he said when he was up against hulk hogan in real life in the locker room terry said to him would you get this because your brother and lanny poffel looks at terry and says yeah (laughs) and the story was so great because it was showing what a big head at that time terry had which is I, I'm a Hulkamaniac, guys, but it is understandable. I love the, the juicy details. And um, Lanny says the, the guy, you know, is basically like putting him on the spot to make him feel bad. And Lanny, Lanny he is a genius and knows the business and just looks Hogan in the eye and says, yeah, that's why I'm here because of my brother. That's why I'm wrestling <laughs> you tonight. <laughs> it's great. So, yeah, I have current respect right now for Lanny Poffold. Um And what do you think of this? George Steele, I, first, here's what I'll say, first of all. I think it's a stretch to say he was a jobber, but do you think it's worth me talking about him? Who was that? George Animal. George oh, he's, Animal. No, no, he's, he was far from that, man. He was one of their feature stars. Yeah, then I won't even touch on that. Um, yeah. Uh, 
I will Iron say Mike this. Sharp, he, he left an impression. Iron Mike Sharp. Go ahead. I was going to say, it is interesting because you, you have guys like George Animal Steele, and you have other guys like Alani Poffo who on one side of their career or the other are kind of relinquished to that role of enhancement talent where maybe they've already had their big run, and in the twilight of their career they're starting to help put over new guys. Or like Alani Poffo where he kind of performed his enhancement role before he fell into the genius role, and then he had some – you know, mid-card to even main event uh, matches before going back to enhancement talent. So it is interesting how some guys are just jobbers throughout their whole career, and other guys have kind of ebbs and flows where they, they move up in the card and then they're back down and they're doing that enhancing thing. And so it's a real interesting part of the business. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, John, yeah, I would say Coleman, as always, my man. Yeah, real quick, I would say the memorable ones are Brawler, Iron Mike Sharp. Those are a couple of my favorites. So thanks, absolutely. guys. Oh, absolutely, man. Have a good one. You too, man. Thank you. You too. Let's talk a little bit, Tommy, about uh, the Brooklyn Brawler, because he had, was it over 30 years that he was employed by the World Wrestling Federation slash World oh, Wrestling yeah. Entertainment? And he was probably enhancement talent in the truest sense of the word, because I don't really view him as a jobber. He was actually kind of the guy that would go out to see if certain people had what it takes to make it in this business. He was kind of that testing guy. And so where do you view him in his role in, in wrestling? Yeah, I'm, he's, well, first of all, he, he he's someone like him, Iron Mike Sharp, Barry Horowitz, we talked about earlier about the, the, the next level echelon of enhancement talent because you know, these guys would be the ones that traveled with them all over working the house shows, Paul Roma, Jim Powers, the Conquistadors. You know? So, I mean, there, there's a list we can go down, Tiger, Chung Lee, Jose Luis Rivera. There, there's just a lot of them. And, you know, they, they, and back then, you know, there was two, three shows a day when the WWF was super red hot and traveling all around the world on tour. So, I mean, if you go back and look at the insert sheets on these lineups and the programs that they would sell, you know, the bottom, you know, two, three matches would be that talent, uh, whether it be an SD Jones, uh, Tony Gurria at, at the end, he was in that, that position. Right. Yep. You know, Tiger Chung Lee. I mean, those guys were crucially important as well, because you got to remember if you're traveling, if you're doing back then three shows a night, I mean, you have to spread the name talent and the over talent within those three towns. So you can draw yeah. houses for those three towns. So you need, it was crucial, crucial to have, you know, those guys on, on these shows in a regular capacity on the roster. And, and that's where we talked about the guys being, you know, iron Mike sharp, uh, you know, Jim Brunzel after his run with the killer bees, he was yep. put in that position. Uh, you know, he mentioned uh, Pez Wally earlier, you know, Salvatore Belomo, the, the, the moon dogs, so, yeah, man, that, that role back then, uh, not only for the TV tapings, but for the house shows as well, was extremely important. Right, because those guys who were on the roster in those positions is different than local independent wrestlers that get brought in for a, a house show or for a TV taping. Now, you're more involved on the inside of the industry than I am, Tommy. So is how does the word jobber is that do, do guys are guys okay with that term? Is that kind of a degrading term when you talk about enhancement talent? Is that a, is that a word that's okay to use around guys? 
talk to me about the vernacular. Like, is jobber an accepted term, or do they prefer enhancement talent? I, I guess it's a case-by-case basis because I've spoken to guys in the past that didn't mind that word, and I spoke to guys in the past that didn't like that word at all. Now, yeah. when, I, when, I, when I text you this morning asking, uh, asking if we could do today's topic, what word did I use to you when I texted you? You said enhancement talent. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of the jobber word either. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just don't like that word. Uh, I think enhancement talent sounds much more uh, professional and, and much more uh, classy when you're talking about someone else that's doing such a viable, important job in, in, in helping, you know, get over uh, your superstar and make them larger than life and, 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 and fill that spot on the show that you need, especially back then. Like I just mentioned when, you know, you were running three towns a night and you just need it. It was, it's crucial to have uh, that talent on, on the, those shows underneath. So yeah, I, I hate that word. I, I think enhancement talent sounds much better, but again, it's, it's a case by case uh, basis because I've, I've spoken to someone that was in that role uh, uh, and, pretty well in that role and he didn't mind that word so you, you mentioned brooklyn brawler jay it's something cool here uh i didn't officially announce it yet but on our 80s wrestling con coming up in may at the menin sports arena in morristown new jersey obviously you know it's in the ispw at nighttime uh we're doing the convention in the daytime the show at nighttime Tickets for the show will be available probably next week or so. We're going to put the tickets on sale. It's going to be called ISPW Rock and Wrestling. We're going to get an band in there. We're putting on a – it's going to be a big show. And um, one of the matches on the show is going to be the Brooklyn Brawler. He's actually going to step in the ring, Jay, uh, at the Menin Sports Arena after 80s Wrestling Con in a 80s WWF Legends match against Bushwhacker Luke at ISPW Rock and Wrestling after 80s Wrestling Con in May. Uh, I wish we were doing this via uh, camera, Tom, because you would have seen a big smile come across my face. Just the idea that the guys we grew up watching are still able to get into the ring and do it, put the smile on my face. And I'm especially excited because, as you know, I will be there. And so I am looking forward uh, to seeing Bushwhacker Luke and the Brooklyn Brawler square off uh, at an ISPW show. That's very, very cool. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that one as well. And it's not confirmed yet. Well, actually, I'm going to I'm gonna hold off until next week so it is confirmed. <laughs> that's, that's how you do a little bait and switch right there. That's, that's how you do it. Too. Listen, it's got to be hard for you because you got so much stuff going on and you got so many things taking place that you probably forget what's been announced, what hasn't been announced, what's been confirmed. And so it's probably is very tempting to just kind of share everything that like every idea that you got cooking, but yeah, you got to <laughs> hold something back. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, man, it's funny that you say that because I literally, because remember I'm, I'm doing, I do the store full time, the, the wrestling collector. So I, yes. I do, in, I do in source signings. At the same time, I'm doing ISPW now. I'm doing that monthly. So now I have talent that book for ISPW. And obviously, I have the virtual signings that I do a couple times a month on Mondays. And now I got 80s Wrestling Con live. Bro, I don't – excuse my language real quick. I'm going to say a bad word. I don't fucking know what I'm doing right now. I, honestly, dude, I have, to like, I have to like go on my website. To look at what I have coming up with that, <laughs> right. and then, then, I, then I second guess myself. I'm like, oh, did, did I book this guy yet for the? I, 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 right. like, it's it's crazy, man. 
I believe it, man. You got to get yourself a personal assistant, somebody who can uh, follow you around and just scribble yeah. in your books, everything that's <laughs> that's going on. So before we transition off with today's topic, and because I want to hear about ISPW, you had a huge Monday night virtual signing with two legends. Uh, I want to hear all about all that. But let's wrap up this conversation about enhancement talent. Um, I want to ask you about, there are some guys who would be enhancement talent in the late 80s, early 90s, who would later on become bona fide superstars. We talked about Jack Foley, who, of course, is Mick Foley, who would go on to have huge success as Cactus Jack, as Mankind, as Dude Love. Uh, The Hardy Boys would also start their career at a very young age as enhancement talent. And I know some people are fearful that if they get themselves in an enhancement talent role, that they won't be able to transition out of it. Um, I know Mick Foley had that fear, which is why he used his dad's name, Jack, when he first became enhancement talent. What are your thoughts on guys who agree to be, because I'm assuming if you're an independent wrestler and a big company comes to town and says, we're looking for enhancement talent, a lot of guys would look at that as maybe this is my chance to show them what I could do. Why other guys would say, I don't want to get myself typecast in that type of role. You being a promoter, you having independent wrestler friends, where do you view that line? Would you be a guy who would say, no, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this enhancement job knowing that it could lead to something? Or would you be fearful that that might be as far up in the ladder as you get to go? No way, man. If you have an opportunity, and, and I know a lot of independent wrestlers listen to this podcast because you, you, you tell me you do. Um, so uh, anyone that is listening out there right now and uh, you have that opportunity, five quadrillion percent you take it because there's not many opportunities to be seen in front of people that are very, very, very high up in the industry, the, the top of our industry. So if, if you're an independent worker in your area and you have an opportunity to be an extra when WWE comes to town or AEW comes to town, you jump at the chance because you just never know. Uh, and, 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 and as far as, you know, you know, getting squashed on a, if you're a you know, hot indie guy and you get squashed on a, on a, on a, on a WWE show or AEW show, if you're asking if, if that hurts them or helps them, I mean, man, it, you you can't you can't hold back talent. Uh, you definitely you know cream always rises to the top. So um, no matter what situation you're in, you you can always get out of it if you have the talent and 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 if you have the drive and the passion. So uh, you just take whatever you can get. Very well said, man. I'm glad. I, I didn't know if my question was going to make sense at all, but you obviously. Uh, we're able to make sense of it and give me a legitimate answer, so I appreciate that. Uh, the phone line just lit up one more time. We have one more caller on hold. Let's take that call to hey, wrap you, up our can, enhancement can you, talent. Can you do me, Jay? Can you do me a favor? Can you have a conversation for like five minutes? I just have to. Something just came up. I got to jump on something real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Thanks, I'll man. talk. I'll talk to the caller for five minutes. Uh, we're gonna go live. Uh, to the great country of Canada, where maybe it's even colder than it is here in Minnesota. We'll find out. David from Canada, welcome back to the program, brother. David, are you there? Oh, hang on, David. 
you're probably talking, David, and I gotta I gotta click the button to pick up the phone call. David, can you hear can you hear me now? Yes, I was just saying how excited I am to get one on one time with Jumpin' Jay. Like how awesome Listen, is that? I'm very excited. It's very rare that uh that I get to be on here by myself and I'm happy you called in. Otherwise I don't know what I would have done for five minutes, David. But now you and I get to hang out and we get to talk. <laughs> Uh, the topic is enhancement talent, but let me ask you this first. What's the temperature right now where you are? See, I'm trying to Google it right now because yeah. I'm going to tell you in Celsius because bright. And it's like, um, so it's probably, I would say, teen for you. But I'm going to double check that as we, as we double check, uh, talk. Yeah, we'll, we'll Google a, a Celsius to Fahrenheit conversion and we'll find out. But the, the topic at hand is enhancement talent. Those guys who, when you were watching as a kid, the show would go to commercial break. When it came back, they'd already be in the ring. No entrance, no theme music. They're just a guy there for the superstar to come in hey, and I'm do sorry. his thing with. What? I'm back. Tommy. I'm sorry. Hey, uh, I, like, <laughs> I know it was like five minutes. minutes. Yeah, you know what happened was uh, it's snowing out here, and the plow guy uh, is trying to do the, the driveway. <laughs> and uh, he just knocked on my store door and asked me to move the car. So I'm, I'm, I apologize, yeah, but I had to do it. No, you had to do it. David from Canada is on the line, and him and I were having a very in-depth conversation about enhancement talent. David raised some very interesting points. Tommy, you're going to have to go back and listen to this show later. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> What's up, Dave? How are you, man? <laughs> I'm good, brother. How are you doing? Good, good. Good. So we were, first of we all, before just you get getting that, into it. it, it's 12 degrees, Jay. 12, 12 degrees. degrees. So Ugh. it's a little bit warmer than where I'm at. I would take so, 12 degrees yeah. right now. Uh, David, what are your <laughs> memories of uh, enhancement talent, kind of these no-name guys that were designed to make our guys seem larger than life? Well, I, I think they did that, too. I mean, my, my memory mostly, it's hard to remember a lot of the names because you know, they weren't necessarily around all the time. But it was, it was Saturday mornings watching WWF superstars. And, you know, and then you'd be looking forward to whoever the match, like, you know, whatever star was going. And then this person would come out and it'd be a good match. And you'd be like, okay. Uh, you know, but I think some people that stand out to me uh, now, like, is um, S.D. Jones, right? And, and his, it, you know, that he great work and the fact that he had that match uh, at WrestleMania with King Kong Bundy, right? And that really put him over as sort of a monster heel. Oh, yeah. Right? And then, obviously, um, you know, because he's from my neck of the woods, Hamilton, Ontario, uh, even though, obviously, he's got a shady past that we didn't know about while he was a wrestler, uh, Johnny Canine, because he also had a little bit of, like, he had character with him. You know, he had a persona. Yes. He wasn't just, I'm going to get to wrestle. He had that, like, uh, you know, the thing when he got down on his knees and did the, the symbol when he, you know, he's coming out, stuff like that. And then um, the other thing, recently, believe it or not, I've actually, well, I've been watching a lot of wrestling on getting some DVDs out of the library. And I find it interesting because I watched the Macho Man unreleased DVD. And a lot of those matches uh, that they put on here from the mid-'80s, especially the beginning, uh, are all enhancement talent matches. Like play people like, uh, you know, Mario Mancini or Paul Roma or, you know, they had a match against S.C. Jones, like things like that. Terry Gibbs. Right, and that's, yeah. You know, so it's kind of cool to see, like, obviously the people at the, you know, the people who were in charge of putting this DVD out felt that those matches were good enough that people were going to want to watch them. I think that speaks well for the enhancement talent that's featured there. 
That's an interesting point that they put enhancement talent matches on these DVDs or these VHSs at the time. And again, I mean, I, I suppose you get the Macho Man uh, VHS because you want to see him wrestle. But it's interesting that those enhancement matches make it onto that kind of Coliseum home video type type release. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know for whatever reason it is because a lot of things are like th- this seems to be the one that has the most enhancement talent on it. I'm not really sure why uh, that they decided to do that, but there's a there's a ton of people who aren't you know name guys on on that those matches there. You know what, man? But back then, again, and I mentioned earlier, that that spot was, you know, it was important on the card. Like, there there was a difference between the the local independent guys that would come in and put these guys over on Superstars of Wrestling and Wrestling Challenge, and then the guys that you know were up a level that 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 toured with them and did all the the house shows, like a you know a, a Mike Sharper, a, a Jim Powers, a Jose Luis Rivera. You know, a, a Terry Gibbs, a, a SD Jones, a Sweet Hansen, uh, you know, that type. So, that, I mean, that role was important because, you got to remember, not everyone can be Hulk Hogan. Not everyone can be the Macho Man. You need to have a full roster. And the, the Brooklyn Brawlers and the Lanny Poffos and the Mike Sharps and, and, and those guys, they, they, help, they help, you know, fill out that roster. And, and in my opinion, that role that those guys played was extremely important. No, for sure. And I think it, it's true what you were saying earlier, how it sets up, you know, the pay-per-view match where you're, you're going to see two people that you, you don't see, you know, every week, right? It's a special event because it's so rare. Yeah. Like imagine, imagine you know, imagine I'm just using these guys for just these names just off the top of my head, you know, Roman Reigns and, and Seth Rollins for, for two months. You just saw them beat the shit out of people. On, on Raw and SmackDown every week, they, they didn't touch. They didn't touch anyone that had any credibility. Um, and then finally, after two months, these two guys are gonna go head up. Man, it's a big fight feel, and that's what makes like UFC and boxing fights so important and special. Is because you have two guys that are the 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 the, the peak of their prime about to go at it with each other. And on, on nowadays, you can watch that for free seven days a week, whether it's WWE, AEW, yeah. NWA, MLW, Ring of Honor, whatever, whatever it is, man, you need that back. That It's so important. To, to The only way to make these guys superstars is portray them as superstars because if you, if you do Miz and, 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 and Daniel Bryan, I mean, I'm getting right, him, give me anyone, say Miz and Kofi uh, yeah. Kingston are having a match. Man, make them pay for that. Make them go to the arena to see that. Make them watch the pay-per-view to see that. You know, I don't know. Just may, maybe, yeah. maybe the business is long. Oh, no, for sure. And I think, Look, well, if I give you a current example, Tommy, I think where that that's kind of actually worked a little bit. Now they haven't done it like they did back in the '80s, but um, AW in in the past recent shows has sort of really set up Wardlow as this monster heel by having him just defeat jobbers by, you know, powerbombing, like what they call the powerbomb symphony, and just powerbombing them and then just pinning them with his foot on them. Now, yeah. they've only done it, like, I think they did it, like, three times, three weeks in a row before he got a match against the name, right? He, he fought CM Punk last week. But at least, it, you know what, it, it puts that in your mind, right? That you yeah. see this person, it's like, whoa, and then when they actually face somebody who, who's a name as well, it yeah. gives that match more credence, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And then also, too, just to, to get off topic real quick, just because my brain is not starting to ramble all over the place trying to think of how to make the, the product better, like vignettes, like 
Dude, how many vignettes did they do of Mr. Perfect before they debuted him on TV? How many vignettes did they do of the Bushwhackers, of everyone back then? Like, you had a month to six weeks worth of promos and vignettes leading to their debut. So when they finally did debut, they were larger than life already before they even touched anyone yet. So I, I just don't see – maybe the – I'm saying maybe the business has passed me by, but I'm only 44, so I don't think it has. I just think that today's generation of writers and – Whoever's in charge of creative, they just, man, you, you just, you can retake everything they did back then and make it new again. Everything that they did back then and make it new again. And eventually, I think that they have to, they're going to have to go that route because they're going to run out of options otherwise. You know, it just, it's, if you want to make those megastars again, you got to create them. That's why there's no more Stone Cold Steve Austin's or John Cena's or, you know, Macho Man's or Hulk Hogan's or Ultimate Warriors. I mean, the enhancement role played such a big part in all of this. It's all magic, and they were creating it back then. I think that this role is far more important than anyone can imagine. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, let's go. What else going on up I there, man? I, 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 I had to I had to move my uh, my car out of my parking spot before I got any heat with the uh, the town. So, what else is going on up there in Canada? Huh? We got like three feet of snow the other day. Whoa! Um, so much so that they had they had to cancel <laughs> school two days in a row because wow. the first day was because of the snow, and the second day the, the plows hadn't been able to clear enough that people were able to to get out. Sure. Well, you know you can you know what you can do today. We just I just I don't know if you heard at the beginning of the show. We actually uploaded Friday night's ISPW show already, and it's available on YouTube. Just type in ISPW New Year's Revenge. You see the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart going one-on-one in a singing contest with Nikolai Volkov's son, the winner, Andy Weinberg, to kick off the show. So it's definitely worth uh, grabbing some popcorn today and checking it out. Yeah, I've actually, I've actually watched a little bit already, believe it or not. Oh, awesome, man. I appreciate it, man. So, uh, yeah, man, we'll talk to you next week. And as always, I appreciate you calling in every week. All right, you guys take care. Jay, Tommy, all the best. You too, Thanks, man. David. Sorry I about that, Jay. I didn't, I didn't mean to leave you so sporadically like that. No, hey, you got to take care of business. You got to do what you got to do. You know what I was thinking about as you and David were talking because you opened up that conversation a few times. We've mentioned uh, Special Delivery Jones in this conversation. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, man, as an enhancement talent, that man managed to get not one, but two LJN figures made of him. <laughs> You're right. Right. You're right, man. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a great way to look at it. Like, if you look back on that, uh, he was he was in, and when they created his figure, you know, he was an underneath. I wouldn't say enhancement. Cause he he, you'd have shows like house shows where he would wrestle the Brooklyn Brawler or he would wrestle Barry Horowitz and he would win. But yeah, he was he was one of those guys in that position that they created an LJN figure of. Same thing with Outback Jack. He was a lower level. He wasn't probably that low, but um, they made one of him as well. But yeah, right. I mean, uh, yeah, the SD Jones figure is a perfect example of just how important that role was back then. And uh, I can go on and on talking about it, man. And again, I, I don't know if the business has passed me by or just no one is, 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 uh, is experienced in, in thinking outside the box. So I don't, I don't know. But I, I think that if they want to create these larger-than-life stars and have a roster full of them like they did back in the 80s and 90s, uh, they need to go that route because they don't need – they're going to have the same people watching regardless – the same 1 million people or 1 million point three million people that are watching their product currently is still going to watch it no matter if you put 
uh, Hulk Hogan in there or if you put Jim Myers in there. And I don't mean George Stone. I'm just using the a jobber name. But um, I, I think it's a good opportunity to reestablish who your stars are and who you want them to be. And then, again, a, a year from now or six months from now or two years from now, you're going to have a roster full of stars and hopefully fans that will want to pay to come see them stars. That's just my take, man. You know, they say the wrestling business is circular. You know, it goes it goes around and around. It has highs and it has lows. And sometimes you got to borrow from what worked years ago to kind of get the ball rolling again. And I think this is, would be a great place uh, for them to start. I really enjoyed the conversation today, Tom. It was a very interesting topic when you texted it to me. Uh, the callers never disappoint. They all had great information, great takes on it. Uh, I had a lot of fun. This hour went by quickly. It's already 10 right. o'clock. So, so before we sign off, I am going to go on to YouTube. I am going to watch the show. But just give me kind of like your perspective from the promoter side of it. How do you feel New Year's Revenge went? Uh, I, I loved it. Uh, loved it. I thought it was really good. Uh, I won't give every, since it is available on YouTube, I won't give away the results. Uh, just because I want you to go on there and watch it. Again, you do it on YouTube. You type in ISPW, New Year's Revenge, uh, the main event for the ISPW World Heavyweight title, the superstar, Danny Morrison, with Maven in his corner, defending the title against Bull James. Special guest referee, Dave LaGreca. Definitely watch that and, and see what happens there. Uh, we have a three-way for the ISW tag team titles. New tag team champions are crowned. A phenomenal match between AEW's Matt Seidel, who uh, competed as Evan Bourne in the WWE, against ISW Tri-State champion Nikos Rikos. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, Jimmy Hart uh, does a segment with the winner, Andy Weinberg. Definitely worth watching that. And uh, one guy I was really impressed with, Jay, uh, this uh, last week was Richard Holiday. MLW, he was in action and he, he's going to be special, uh, no question about it. So uh, definitely check it out, ISPW New Year's Revenge on YouTube. And uh, until next week, man, I hope that you and your family, Jay, have a, a great weekend and hopefully uh, it gets a little bit warmer. Hopefully you get to zero there by, uh, by the weekend. <laughs> Here's hoping, man. Yeah, I agree. Zero would be nice. <laughs> well, until next week, uh, maybe, maybe we'll do a guest next week. You want to do a guest? Yeah, I I would love to do a guest, man. Yeah, man, I'll, I'm gonna I'll make some uh, I'll reach out to some people this weekend. Let's get a guest on and uh, promote uh, do a big promotion for 80s Wrestling Con in May uh, next week here on the podcast. So we'll have one of the stars that are gonna be at 80s Wrestling Con Ooh. on the podcast. You're you're guaranteed a uh, WW former WWF superstar next week here on 80s Wrestling the podcast. I love it, man. You're making Making me very happy. I can't wait to find out who it is. <laughs> awesome, man. Until next week, guys, have a great weekend, and we'll catch you right here next week on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.